You're listening to episode 74 of the Writing Life podcast from the National Centre for Writing. Every week we tell stories about writers and discuss writing techniques. I'm Simon Jones. And I'm Steph McKenna. It's the 9th of January 2020, which makes this the first podcast of the year. So Happy New Year to everyone who is listening. And if you haven't already, do go over to the National Centre for Writing website. We've put up tons of new blog posts. We've got lots of courses running this year. Uh, we've put up some exciting events, including one with Ema McBride, who will be launching her newest novel, her third novel, Strange Hotel, here in Norwich in February. But there's, I mean, there's dozens and dozens of events coming up, lots of free things, um, just tons of opportunities to get involved with. So please do check the website if you haven't done so already this year. Yeah, that's over at nationalcentreforwriting.org.uk. So on the podcast today, we have Katri Scala, who is a mentor and coach, um, who does a lot of mentoring here at Dragon Hall. She does. She's very popular. Yes, as well as elsewhere around the country. And we have a really interesting conversation about the role of mentoring and how it can help writers when mentoring can be helpful in your mm. writing career. So at what point might it be useful? There's a lot in here about figuring out what you want to do with your writing. Yeah, I think it's more than just getting another person to read your manuscript and offer sort of practical feedback. There are a lot of questions around your yeah your your life as a writer yeah. that I think Katri and other mentors can help with. Yeah, it's perfect for this podcast because it's very much clarifying how figuring out who you are as a writer mm. is just as important as the stuff that you're writing. And you have to kind of have both those things working mm. in order to progress and find success. Absolutely. So have a listen to Simon's chat with Katri. And if you're interested, go on to the National Centre for Writing website. We've got some mentoring opportunities up at the moment. Katri's leading sessions on fiction writing. We've got Heidi Williamson, who is running mentoring sessions on poetry. And Kieran Pym, who is back leading his very popular creative non-fiction mentoring sessions all of the mentors offer sessions face to face and via skype if you can't get to dragon hall so without further ado i'll hand over to simon with katri hi katri thanks for joining us today uh, you've been here at dragon hall today talking with some of your current mentees i saw on your website that one of your previous writers described you as an intellectual acupuncturist which I rather liked. Uh, yeah. do, is that an apt description? Well, it sounds good, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, yes. I think that that is an apt description for the person who gave it to me uh -huh. <laughs> because it's what she was looking for. And she was in the middle of a piece of work and being able to have a session with me on a regular basis, um, kept her focused on what she was doing. And so in that sense, uh, yeah, it was, it was apt. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's not the same for other situations though, other people, other writers doing different things. Yeah, and this seems to be the thing with any kind of mentoring or coaching where it's very custom and bespoke to each individual and everyone will be coming to you with their own particular combination of, of issues and challenges and different stage of their careers. And I was wondering about that in terms of with a lot of the process of writing a book, 
there are certain things that happen at certain times in terms of you know first draft editing when you might want to try and find an agent those kind of things mm-hmm. whereas what you do is there a, a specific point where mentoring is useful or is it something that varies massively depending on the person and the circumstances it depends entirely on what a, a writer is looking for at any given moment um because some people because the kind of mentoring i practice is very coaching driven i was trained um to be a coach for writers and by that it means i mean that the process is is um led by the the client or the mentee not by me mm-hmm. meaning um that I am there to help them articulate what it is they need help with, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So in some cases, it will be a writer who is at the very early stages of um, a writing project, um, whether it's short stories or a novel or a memoir, or I work with people who are writing scripts, Um, And being able to um, help plan and formulate um, is what they're looking for. Um, In other cases, people um, will have, you know, be working, will have done a draft, but they will need help on... um, on honing that draft and really being able to um, work out what in the rewriting process they need to do. So um, some people are at really beginner stages. And so understanding the basics of craft becomes the focus of it, even if that's not what they're sure about when they come through the door with, you know, some pages um, and, you know, and I always start, I read the work and I, I always start by asking them about it. What is it? What, what is it that has led to them writing this? What is it that has led to them wanting to be with me? Sometimes I'm just a deadline, knowing that they have to see me once a month, <laughs> provides them with a deadline. Yeah. Presumably there, when you meet someone for the first time, there's going to be a certain amount of kind of unpicking of of what the issue is and it might not be the issue they think it is. Absolutely right. You know, a lot of the first time I meet someone and sometimes if it's only that one time, the purpose of that first or only session is to try and find the, the nub of the problem. I mean, people come to mentoring because they want some form of help or support. And and that's, as we've said before, very, very different across the range of um, writers. And often the writer herself will not be entirely sure what, what that is. I mean, people can often come with an idea that I'm here to tell them whether they're brilliant or not or you know, the best way to find an agent. And those are um, 
in and of themselves questions that then need unpicking. Looking at your website and the way you describe your services and, and kind of how the, the coaching and mentoring process works, it feels like it's almost two parts to it in that sometimes for some people it will be about being a writer yeah and then for other people you're more focusing on the writing itself so is it you, you kind of do both both parts there yes i yes that's absolutely true it's so the being a writer bit um will often be a question of helping this is specific to um writers at an early stage this of helping them to understand what their process is mm-hmm. because in my experience writers have very different processes you know that they people work differently very simply um and and beginning to understand how you work as a writer um is 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 i think very helpful um in developing a practice people who are already writing um and have been writing a lot um will tend to have um answered for themselves or in some kind of program um th- that question but will might have more specific problems that have to do with their writing life but that are thrown up by um a loss of confidence um by not knowing what to do not knowing how to attack let's say a second draft um by um sort of procedures and priorities for for whatever reason mm-hmm. so you know they are two separate things but um it's interesting though how often in a mentoring situation so that situation of intimacy you know a lot of the talk about a writing life becomes as important as the focus on the craft and technique of writing itself yeah I mean, this podcast is called The Writing Life Podcast. That's what I really wanted to talk to you about, all this Mm. kind of stuff. And I think the interesting thing as a writer, as you're saying, every Mm. writer has a completely different way of doing Mm. it, um, both style-wise but also in terms of how they just live their life and go about doing the writing. Um, But that means that particularly early career writers, if you're looking at other writers and thinking, oh, should I be doing it like them? Mm. Or am I doing it wrong because I'm not like them? Absolutely. There's always conflicting information. It's not necessarily like perhaps some other crafts where you can kind of look it up and learn how to do it. It's not quite that simple. It sounds like what this does and having a mentor, it helps you figure out your sort of writing. Like what is, what is the way that you do it? So you're not constantly comparing yourself to other people, which is a fast route to undermining your confidence. Exactly right. Yeah. I think that's right, a fast route to undermine your confidence. I think that it's very well put, and it's something that, in my experience, um, writers at all stages in their writing life face. Mm. You know, I've heard very, very established um, writers talk about their um, anxieties 
uh, about something they're working on, about their doubts, about whether just because they happen to have finished that, you know, 15th novel, the 16th will will happen, you know, that they'll do it. So um, I think that part of that um, process of talking to people about the writing life is giving, as you say, especially um, early career or new writers, um, a sense of reassurance that anxiety and doubt are pretty much, well, they go with the territory. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And that early career thing, I mean, I think pre-publication, obviously, there's all sorts of doubts going on. But I was listening to Chris, who was on Tim Clare's podcast, and he was talking about how once you've been published and that first book might have taken you a decade to pull together one way or another and then all of a sudden people are like what's the next book then (laughs) and you you suddenly feel pressured to write a book in a year or 18 months when previously you had the luxury of like no one paying attention essentially so all these kind of new challenges suddenly spring up yes i mean i think there's a lot to be said for indifference Mm in general, in, in, for any in the world towards an artistic practice, even though the, gen, the belief is the opposite. The belief is that you need as much visibility and recognition as you can possibly get. Um, but I think it, it can be very helpful to um, not be paid attention to, but, you know, at the same time, of course, you still need to sort of be in communication with people about what you're doing Mm -hmm. and um, that pressure once you've been published to produce the next again in my experience some people love it you know because there they go they're off doesn't mean to say that the next novel is going to be necessarily good or necessarily bad or indifferent itself Mm -hmm. but you know, for some people that's like, woofy, off I am, I've got this great deadline, I've got this publisher, and for others, it's paralyzing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In terms of yourself, you, you were a writer as well, but what took you into the path of kind of coaching and mentoring? I had a very good experience with a coach about 15 years ago now. I think that's right. And... Um, it helped me, the process, enormously write a draft of a novel in the midst of a lot of work pressure and other kinds of pressure. And um, so that stayed with me as a good experience. It's also work that I've done a lot of throughout my life in a informal way. And at a certain point, it seemed... Um, like a good idea to formalize it, i.e. by getting the proper training and, um, you know, shifting away from arts administration to mentoring. And I get an immense sense of um, pleasure out of doing it. I'm interested in people. I mean, that's for me why it is Mm -hmm. at its nub interesting because I'm very interested in people and in doing this one-to-one work people are fascinating their stories are fascinating mm-hmm. irregardless of what they're writing you yes. know yeah how do you go about that 
process of adapting to different people. <clears throat> you know, someone might be writing something that personally you'd never choose to read, but obviously your role is to mentor and advise them regardless of whether it's your kind of thing or not. Right? What's that process of adapting? That you... The, the, the most important thing is to listen to the person that you're with. That's why coming in and, you know, not knowing someone, meeting them for the first time, um, the important thing is to ask them questions about what it is they're doing and want to do. What is it do they have in their head of what they think they want to do? Um, you know, so if I've read something before meeting them, you know, I'll have a certain kind of reaction to it. But it's at absolutely immaterial what my reaction is to it at that point until I've learned more about what their reaction is to their own work and what it is they hope to achieve artistically mm -hmm. or commercially. And so, you know, what I happen to think in any analytic or critical sense, not analytics, I do use my analytic skills a lot, but in any critical sense is just as I say, immaterial. You know, I'm there to help a person develop their work, not what I believe mm -hmm. their work should be doing. Do you sometimes get people who have, you know, we talked about people who maybe aren't quite sure what they want to get mm -hmm. out of a session, but do you get people who come with very uh, predetermined ideas of what's going on and are just looking for confirmation? It's like, I'm here because I want you to tell me that I'm a writer and I'm a good writer. And um, what's the approach with that kind of thing where someone's got an, a notion that you almost have to maybe unravel before you can get back to the point? Yes, I think that that does happen if, if yes, that people want a kind of affirmation of what it is they're doing or want a kind of hands-on editorial input, i.e., you know, if you write this paragraph in this way, it will be a bit better. Um, and if that's the case, one or the other, as yeah, it is a question of unpicking. You know, am I any good? Well, what does good mean to you, not to me? What does good mean to you? What, what is your sense of being a good writer? What do you read? What do you want to emulate? I ask that a lot. You know, what book... What readers do you, uh, what writers do you read whose work acts as a kind of model for you? You know, people say, is this publishable? You know, to which I say, you know, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all I can do is, is try to, on a technical level, you know, help them write better sentences or better paragraphs or help them to structurally develop in a way that, um, I mean, help their work develop structurally in a way that, you know, might save them some time. So that seems to come back around something you mentioned earlier, and it's one of the <clears throat> kind of key points on your website as well, which is about formulating goals. Yes. And I think the sort of almost simplistic goal of a lot of writers is they want to be published. But as a goal, that's, a tricky thing because there's no guarantee of that you there are, there are things you can do to work towards it but it's not like step by step and then you're published it's not quite that simple so what sort of goals do you tend to encourage and work with people 
to go towards. So slight digression, but also a kind of answer to that question. When I have talked to students, let's say MA students in the past about writing, I've started by asking them three questions and they uh, give given a bit of time to write down answers very quickly, go around the room. One is what kind of writer are you? The second is what is your idea of success? And the third is how do you know if you're getting there? And it's, it's important at some point if you are looking, well, at any kind of writing, but if you think you have in your head the goal of publication to understand for yourself what that might mean for you as a writer, what kind of writer are you, what does that mean within the um, industry, you know, or what kind of writer are you, I am writing um, a memoir um, actually for really my nearest and dearest, you know, can you recognize that, what does success mean? Success can often mean for someone who is seeking to get published, um, having a good rejection letter. Someone who's bothered to read what you've read with a degree of thoughtfulness and responded accordingly. You know, there's so many different ways in which you can establish your own goals. I mean, and again, though, it comes down to, you know, someone walks in and says, I want to get published. You start with, what do you have? Um, what are the obstacles? What kind of publishing do you think you might want? You know, I've spoken to people about how they can find readers by writing blogs, very old fashioned now, in fact, even. But the idea, you know, a book is an object and it is one way in which creative writing is becomes an object in the world but it's not the only one so um people say i want an agent you know and most of the time i just say right okay this is a research project by writers and artists subscribe to their website go into bookstores look at acknowledgement pages look at books that are similar to what you think you're writing look at their acknowledgement pages just do the groundwork. It sounds like mentoring is something that requires time, generally. Do you do single sessions as well as multi-sessions? How, how does it work? I have generally do one-to-one sessions, and I do that, those either you know in person, in the flesh, here at the Rosier Centre, or... Um, you know, elsewhere in Norwich or in London um, or in Stroud. Um, I do them uh, on Skype. I also do them by phone. I recently had a woman who lived, uh, you know, in, in the countryside and I, you know, we did a phone session and that worked fairly okay. Um, I have worked in small groups, which I also enjoy um you know the minute you get beyond two or three people you're in a workshop and so that becomes very different because again the 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 mentoring which at its heart is to help that person achieve a degree of progress and clarity on whatever it is they're 
doing or intending to do becomes more difficult the larger the group. Mm -hmm. But if you work with two people or three people, you it can still work that way and you bring others in um, to help them reflect back to each other on um, their process or, you know, because I think learning how to give good feedback is as important as, you know, learning to write a good sentence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that gives you the ability to, to read other work and mm. understand what it's mm. doing so that you can then take some of that into, your, into yours or adapt it or learn from other writers. Exactly. Um, which also brings me on to a, a question I had about how you handle people who are maybe struggling or at that point in their careers, maybe you can't say that they're good writers yet. And I know, you know you've got a lot of testimonials of people saying how you avoid being negative or overly critical mm. and... Yeah, that's obviously not the point of mentoring. Which is, you, know, you, don't, you don't want to be uh, shattering dreams and what have you. But how do you go about being constructive and positive while also having a kind of realistic approach to where that person is? You know, it's. I mean, it is my. You know, my approach is very developmental, which means that literally that you 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 hope that the relationship you're building with the client that you know the writer develops and that means developing trust as well as helping them develop their skills you know i've had i've had writers say to me at the end of their you know having got all the way to the end of a first draft let's say with with them um over the course of which, let's say this is the first serious piece of writing they've undertaken. They've done creative writing workshops. They might even have you know, done an MA, but getting fully through mm. a first draft. And, you know, as you go along with them every month, and I, you know, I, I really kind of hone in then on the writing, helping them become more and more aware of um, different aspects of characterization um, or whatever it might be that's technical or craft that's helping them do whatever it is they want to do, you know, get to the end and they'll say, and then I'll say, right, you now need to go off and find someone to work with on an editing or whatever. But they'll come back to me and say, gosh, we've just gone back to the beginning and looked at this early stuff we wrote and God, you were really so kind. <laughs> and uh, you know, in my experience, although it might be slower to work with people in that way, in the sense that it takes that person a longer time, maybe, to achieve a level of competence, com- well, yeah, competence and confidence, than, than sort of going in straight with a, with a much more straight off, well, this is, mm-hmm. you know, this is, this is so far from, you know, being good writing. But it sticks. It means people know how to move forward. You know, that, that's the thing. It's progress. Um, so... I've never seen, I also, to be honest, I've been in workshops in my life where the approach of the tutor has been to say, that's not publishable. 
and to give very prescriptive um, uh, sort of statements and assertions on um, paragraphs and texts. And I've sat there thinking, no, this is not, none of this is is actually in any um, real sense true. Yeah, I think that touches upon something else I was really curious about, which is where the divide is between coaching and editing. So yeah. you, you are looking at a text Absolutely. quite often and commenting on it. Yeah. But it sounds like your goal is not to you know, specifically tell them, change this bit, this bit, this bit, and end up with a, a, a further draft. Exactly. I'm not there to tell them how to change it. I'm there to prompt them into them discovering ways in which they might change it to make it better. So I'm, I've been given 5,000 words to read and I read it and inevitably there will be um, problems with some of the writing. Some of it, you know, might be to do with kind of very basic things, to do with how you create narrative some might be more sophisticated questions about um, transitions um, or um, handling frames or using tenses, punctuation, rhetorical punctuation. But until I know what that person's intention is, I'm not going to tell them, I'm not to come to a conclusion about how they should fix the problems. So if you start with it, I'll have questions, you know, so what is it that you want this piece to do? What's the idea behind it? How much do you want to use dialogue? Your, you know, if people aren't writing what I call clean sentences because they haven't bothered to really pay attention to how punctuation works, I'll say, clean up your sentences. How can, you know, you communicate with readers without the basics? So in that way, I'm sort of pretty straightforward. Oh, and then you have, well, I never learned grammar, and I say, neither do I. So, you know, but still, and then you get into more stylistic questions about how to use different kinds of techniques in order to achieve an effect in a piece of writing. So again, we're looking at a range of people who already understand technique and who might have written quite a lot and those who are just coming to it. But my lead is always from them, you know, and, and that's what for me is always surprising about it. If I sat there and read a piece, as one does, with the approach that I'm going to give it a critique, let's say I'm never going to meet this person, and I'm just going to give it a critique, I can guarantee that what I think it is that I am critiquing and reading is different to what they actually want to be writing. Mm -hmm. I am always surprised by the answers I get to the questions I ask about a piece of writing that, that you know, it all, that needs work. I mean, they all need work. Yeah, it sounds very much that the mentoring and coaching that you do is providing writers with a kind of foundation yeah. or a core, a kind of 
confidence and competence, that kind of combination, so that they're better placed to continue their writing. Absolutely. And to go to an editor and to you know pursue whatever that goal happens to be. Yes. I mean, if you... So, okay, so another way, so there's that if working with someone on a manuscript or series of short stories or even just getting them launched onto writing something um, and then they get to the end of that and then, you know, I will generally say I'm far too close to this work, but, you know, guess what? You're at first draft stage and, (laughs) you know, you need to work with someone um, who will come at that first draft as an editor Mm -hmm. with a very fresh eye and help you. Um, or I, I talk to people a lot about finding their own readers, whether it's your writing group or buddying up with someone and how you find those if you don't already have them. Or, you know, some people like group experiences, others don't. Again, that, that and when I work with people who've already done a man, you know, I'm working on, on a, on something that's already a draft of something. Um, you know, I'll read in chunks of time. And again, I will very much be driven by sets of questions along the way. So I've read the first 10,000 words of a novel or a memoir. This is what these 10,000 words say to me as a reader. This is what I'm picking up. Is this what you would like me to be picking up from this? Well, no, it's not. Ah, okay, let's go back to the point where perhaps my misunderstanding arose. Can we look at that? And sometimes, you know, I'm just wrong. I'm not reading closely enough. Or, you know, and if you progress that way through a manuscript, you you end up, hopefully, that person will end up again with the second draft that is much closer than to the version that's going to go be sent to the agent or back to the agent. You know, a lot of this people come to me, the agent has said, uh, yeah, okay, but you need to change this and you need to change that. And they throw their hands up in the air because they, uh, you know, it creates paralysis and it also creates conflict within them because they want, you know, it's sold or it will have been sent out to publishers and the publisher will come out, no, this, no, that. And so you have to get back to, mm-hmm. with the writer, a, a kind of basic, why, what is important about this to you? Again, it can happen at all stages with writers who are on their third, fourth novels and those who are just, you know, starting off. Well, thank you very much, Katrin. Thank you. That's a great primer on what people can expect from this kind of thing. People can, of course, find all the sessions you do here on the website as and when they become available. And where should people go to find out about your other work as well? Do you have a website or...? Uh, I, I do, although it's about to be rebuilt, redesigned, whatever the proper word is. But they can go to www.catherinescala.co.uk and... It will have the information that you've been referring to in our conversation and it will also have my email on it and uh, people can just write to me. Brilliant. We'll put those links down in the show notes as well. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. It's 
Thanks for listening and thanks to Katri for coming on the pod. If you have questions or you want to get in touch, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Writers Centre. We're on Facebook if you search for National Centre for Writing. We can find our contact details on nationalcentreforwriting.org.uk. You can also sign up to our super cool newsletter where you'll regularly receive opportunities, events, courses and lots of other things going on at the National Centre for Writing. Please do rate, review and subscribe to the podcast because it helps other people to find it and makes us feel good. Thanks again, keep writing, and we will catch you on the next episode, which has Julia Crouch as our special guest and is the perfect antidote to those January blues. Ooh.